Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Harmful Habits Podcast. Season 5, we're going to be going over what these harmful habits look like in current events and how to navigate them using the three trees of change. This episode will be talking about cognitive dissonance. But before that, our good friend, Elevation Beats. Let's get started here. Season five, episode two. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cracking open a nice, refreshing, sparkled water. I wish we could get sponsored by these people. Spindrift. Spindrift, if you're out there, we could use a sponsor. All right. I mean, how are you? Pretty good. How about you? I am well. Thank you for asking. We are very good. It's small talk. Mm-hmm. Bump small talk. Why are we doing small talk? I don't know. I'm, like, I'm not even going to engage in this. I'm too old for small talk. How does someone be too old for small talk? I don't know. I think I've hit like late 47 and I just can't do the small talk crap anymore. Mm. But let's just dive right in. I hit that age at around six months. Six minutes of age when you weren't even talking. I realized I was just done with small talk. Mm. I'd heard enough of it. Do you do small talk? No, I'm really bad at small talk. It's like, it makes me more anxious than regular talk. I don't even listen well during small talk. Don't even listen well. Wow. Chrissy always makes fun of me. One time we were checking in on uh, at a hotel and the guy kept talking to me. I had no idea what he said, so I just said yes. <laughs> and apparently he said, how are you? <laughs> So you went in saying, I can't do the small talk. I was going to say yes to everything. I was like, I don't know what he's saying. So, yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow. All right, Jamisa, did you have a nice week? I have. I've had a very nice week. Enjoying the nice, cool weather. Those of you who are um, watching live via TikTok, feel free to share your questions as we dive into some deep and um, emotional topics. Would you say that's fair for today? I think it's fair. I have um, scoured the headlines. No dad jokes? Looking for some of the most tantalizing. I, I, have, I do have a dad joke. I thought we got canceled. Oh, yeah, it's a Deb thing. Deb's conspiracies. Mm-hmm. So one of Deb's conspiracy theories is that birds aren't real. She did not say that. She did. Huh? What it's, is that? It's kind of a big conspiracy on TikTok these is days. Is it really? That but, birds aren't real? Mm-hmm. I'm... They're robots. Controlled by who? You can eat them. Listen, this is your friend too. Don't don't be acting like I got to defend Deb. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they're robots used for spying. We have phones on us at all times. Yeah. Why would they need birds? Why would they need a bird? Once again, Deb is not here to defend her completely insane conspiracy theories. So just these random birds that's just flying around is just well they and who are mm-hmm. they reporting things to? Like, oh my gosh, someone ran the red light. Get the local police. So I don't like the tone that you're using with me. It feels a little challenging and a little disrespectful to our friend Deb. So it's not bird watching, it's 
watching birds. <laughs> was that a joke? I don't know. I thought it was pretty Remember you told a joke he... last night, but it didn't have a like a build up or a punchline. But, some hate. <laughs> some serious. But Jamisa was in stitches it. over her joke. Let's right. let's move on. So no more dad jokes. No. All right. So for the first headline today, I think I found my new calling in life. Is everyone familiar with the country of Montenegro? I know it exists. Do you know where it exists? Nope. Mm. Nor do I. And so that's a little disappointing. <laughs> where is it? I, I want to say like Europe, but uh, I think I'm going to find out I'm way off. I think you're right because Serbia and Montenegro used to be a soccer team together. Mm-hmm. So. You think and it's I, in Europe? I want to say it's a coastal country. Um, oh my goodness! Someone like, is probably listening Serbia right has some now. Of the most beautiful beaches. Probably has some pretty good food mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. culture. Yep, they probably speak a language that is native to Montenegro. Uh, yes, very special and, and unique. Mm-hmm. And they probably enjoy some Montenegro. Okay, can you please food. share with us <laughs> the facts or whatever you want to share? All right, so they have each year a record-setting competition for who can lay down for the longest. And I love what they did here. So you know how, like, um, the black culture will take white insults and flip them mm-hmm. and then use them in their own language? Montenegro has done something similar where they were always been accused of being lazy. And so what they did is they started a lying-down competition. So you have to, it's whoever lays down for the longest wins a bunch of Montenegrin currency. Um, I'm not sure what the name of that is. But right now, it's going on right now, I believe. And there's seven remaining contestants. How long have they been laying? How many hours? I'm about to get there. My goodness. Can we have a safe work? Wait a minute. So they aren't getting up to do anything? I'm, I'm about to go through the rules. Oh, go ahead. If you could pull back on the hostilities, please. Oh, my Lord. Um, they've been laying down. It started with a field of 21. I'm like, have you seen those TikToks? I mean, where they never actually say anything, but they keep acting like they're about to. I feel like I'm about to get into that pattern. But anyway, um, they've been laying down for 463 hours. How many days is that? Well, 24 days would be... 24 what? I'd say about 24 days, would you? I, I think, I don't know. Okay. No, less than 24 days. It'd be about 19 days, I think. 463 divided by 24. Yeah, I love that math. That's impressive. I cannot do that. It may not be accurate at all, but it was done very quickly, which is impressive. There you go. (laughs) Regardless of accuracy. Um, So I kind of like this. I like that this coach is... Did they get up at any point to go to the bathroom? 10 minutes every eight hours. Shut up. To either eat or use the bathroom? Well, they can eat laying down, and they're ah. cared for, and people bring them blankets, and they can watch tablets, and they can read books. They just cannot. Like, they have to it's be. It's just a nice way of taking a vacation. But you know what it made me think about on a slightly deeper level? Why are we so concerned with productivity in this country? But I don't know. Is it just this country, though? Is it? it? I mean, this is the country I live in, so it's really the only one I can talk about. Okay. Um, but I, I was thinking a lot about this. Like we deal with so many individuals, you deal with them in your mental health practice. Um, I deal with them in just consulting with different organizations where people are just burnt the hell out. But 
anyone, anytime I make a suggestion to someone, I'm like, spend a day doing zilch, do nothing. In Montenegro, if you will. And they're like, I can't do that. Like, what do I do? I'm like, you do nothing. You lay on your couch. You don't even take a shower. You just like watch TV and look at your phone and do nothing for an entire day. Don't clean your house. And I'm like, and I hear so many people talk about the shame in. Can you pull this pillow up behind me? I can't reach it. The shame in like in doing that Ooh, and like better. feeling as though they they're like I have to do <laughs> and I'm like you don't. God, dag nabbit. <laughs> Maybe you could take some of your own advice and you don't have to do anything right now. So I see this all the time. Like people measure their value on how productive they can be, and I think we teach kids this. Like um, you see it in schools, right? Like if you get good grades, if you do this. It's constantly mm-hmm. like if you if you produce a lot, you're valuable. For who? For who are you valuable? But where do we even get this idea that laying around and doing nothing is lazy? Because there's there's been so many articles that I've read about like uh, children um, like not Im- involving your kids in so many. Oh, oh, we act- had a user give the answer. It is in Serbia. Oh, interesting. Huh? But that seems contrary to me because I think it's its own country. Sorry. Yeah, you don't even know. Wait, how are you going to argue? You don't even know, babe. Because I'm a white male. It's kind of what we do. Okay, let me go back to the article. So about like not involving your kids in like five or six different type of activities. Um, like after school, huh. like giving kids. Interesting. A po- well, Interesting. Yeah, you are again interrupting me. But I push this with our kids and you're like, yeah, but let's just sign them up for one more thing. No, I, whatever. I'm not doing this with you today. Let me finish my point. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. So you have, um, I guess, psychologists, whomever are writing these articles, um, therapists, and they're saying like, yes, the kids need to just, they don't, they don't have to be involved in like 10 things, but they use the term, you should allow your kids to be lazy for like a day. And I'm like, why do we have to use, like laziness has such, a, I guess maybe in our society, yeah, like it's such a negative connotation. So why would we say our kids need to be lazy for a day? Maybe they need to have a day they do nothing. So a healing day, mm-hmm. a resetting of the parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah. I mean, do you have healing days? Are you comfortable uh, doing absolutely nothing? Haven't absolutely you seen him at work? Nothing. He's absolutely comfortable doing nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think to an extent, not for a whole day, maybe, but. Oh, like there's no, like you, do you think you can like be at the house and like do nothing, like just lay on the couch and just do? Probably, yeah. Not have you tried day. before? Not a whole day, no. What happens in your brain? I just feel like I should be doing something kind of like what you guys were saying. I feel like I'm doing nothing and time's passing and tomorrow's going to come soon. Okay. So if you remind yourself like, oh, right now my body's healing, you don't, it, that doesn't make a difference to you? It doesn't feel like it, I guess. Okay. But because your mind's racing, your body probably isn't healing. Mm-hmm. You're probably just getting stressed the hell out. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's very interesting. Have we created a toxic work environment for me? I know. I've always been like this. I mean, we're going to have moments throughout the day where we're going to have an hour where you just have to lay down on a mat and do nothing. Um, after hours. <laughs> so, Jimmy, so you're kind of similar to Amin, right? Oh, that is true. Um, but I will, I think I'll get to a point where I have to leave in order to do that. So when I'm at home, I can't. 
it's really difficult not that I can't. I find it difficult to not do anything. And I could spend hours not doing anything um, on the couch, but I don't know. I don't think I've ever did, spent the whole day. So what will happen, I'll hit a threshold. And it's usually what, every four to five months. And then I have to just go away um, for a few days. And when I go away, I do nothing. Like I'll spend a whole day at a hotel or at a, a Airbnb or something. And I just lay and I do or absolutely. Or house. <laughs> I do, oh my gosh. You did this last week. Sorry, I think they call them opium dens. So, and I spent a few days just doing zilch. And it's amazing. You should try it. All right, maybe. Coming back. Our kids are really good at that. Right? What are you talking about? Like when you leave the opium den and coming back to reality. Are you able to lay? You know what? I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to answer it for Ben. Are you able to lay around and do absolutely nothing for a full 24 hours? Yes, he can. (laughs) (laughs) With joy. With absolute joy. He can do that. I couldn't have done it. It is a superpower. I couldn't have done it at a means age. That's true. Um, You probably couldn't have done it maybe 10 years ago. Five years ago. Mm, True. It wasn't until my marriage to (laughs) Jamisa just wore me out. (laughs) That you just gave up. (laughs) I lay for like Mm -hmm. three days straight and do nothing. Mm -hmm. No, I think three trees burnt me the hell out. I think COVID burnt me the hell out. And I started realizing I got to do something different. Mm Mm-hmm. And at that point, my meditation had developed enough, I think, where it was, what's the word? I just realized more and more, like, how much time you need to spend healing. It is nice. Um, I think about, like, in our day when we're moving about, I guess, all of us, and we realize, like, I think in our minds, we think we don't have enough time in a day, right? So we're constantly moving from one thing to the next. And what I find is that when I'm able to sit and meditate, like those 20 and 30 minutes, I feel like an hour. Mm-hmm. So I think once you're able to like sit and slow down, we we actually do have time. We have more time in our day than probably what we think we have and probably what we actually need. But we're just running around probably in our heads as much as we are outside. But it's nice to like be able to sit and re- recognize that. You enjoy time on the back porch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hiking is another way that I'm able to like realize like time slows down for me because I'm not rushing to get through this hike. So, I mean, outside of playing soccer on Sunday mornings, what do you do to relax? Is that it? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I'll watch TV, I guess. I have a few favorite shows that I like to keep up with. Yeah, but TV activates the sympathetic nervous yeah. system, not the parasympathetic. So that's probably it. Wow. I think that explains the poor work performance? Probably. <laughs> All right, are we ready to move on to story number two? Yes. All right. Jamisa, imagine you are wandering down the streets of Havana in Cuba, I believe. Is that right, I mean? At the Copa. Copa Cabana. Oh, Lord. And you see a man beating himself with a sledgehammer. On his wrists, on his elbows, and on his forearms. 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 Oh, my God. Drawing a crowd of passers-by who gather to film the spectacle with their phones. What would you be thinking? Like, I need to go and call, like, EMS. Okay. I would not be filming it. I think I'd be in horror. All right. You'd be afraid he w- was harming himself. Yeah. Okay. I mean? I'd be like, I really need to get some rest now. I'm, day- I'm hallucinating. This is this is not happening, yeah. right? <laughs> There's no way I'm seeing reality. Well, there is a fella by the name of 
Lionel Thomason. He's called the Cuban Iron Man. He has kind of a fascinating story. Do you mind if I share? Sure. Sure, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Consent is important. Yeah. Should be ongoing and enthusiastic. Go ahead. So, the Cuban Iron Man used to be a boxer in Mexico. I think he grew up in Cuba, though, and he wanted to become the next Mike Tyson. And so one of the ways he would train his body is by beating it with sledgehammers. And he, uh, so he went and did some boxing in uh, Mexico. He had 27 matches that he won by knockout. I think. But in the last of his matches, he killed his opponent. His last match? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. And so he took all the prize money, Mm -hmm. gave it to the family. And has not been able to box again, despite many people wanting him to box, because I'm sure he made a lot of money for people. And instead, he spends his time on the streets now, uh, continuing to beat his body with a sledgehammer to show people the power of the human body, but refuses to use it uh, Uh, to harm someone ever again. Okay. Your take? I have a different uh, perspective now. On, I think had I known that and I see him, mm-hmm. I don't think I would. I don't know if I would film it either, but. I, He's never harmed by these sledgehammers, apparently. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts as you hear the rest of the story? Confusion, but also, yeah, it's very interesting. I Tell mean, me about the confusion. How does a sledgehammer not hurt him? Like, mm-hmm. that, that seems ridiculously amazing. I always think about this um, almost like a mindfulness practice, right? Where you have, um, I guess, monks that will cause harm to themselves or have set them, you know, just like do things in there. And maybe they, there isn't, they are able to separate themselves like from their pain and sensation. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It got me thinking about the slap boxing that that toxic individual, Dana White, mm-hmm. has been promoting. Are you familiar with that, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. And like, that's hard to watch. And the pay is so low. Mm-hmm. And there has to be brain damage involved. Yep. Um, just what happens to these people immediately after they get slapped. Like they lose consciousness. Yeah. They, and I, it just takes me back. Like this guy seems to recognize like, oh, I'm getting paid to hurt people. And just how easily we fall into that in our culture. And accept it. But what is your take on it? I'm, like the slap boxing stuff? No, no, no. About like you, like once you read that, when you read the story, like what were your thoughts? Or what, what did you, it, or maybe it made the emotions? Me, yeah, maybe think felt. about the slap boxing stuff and how few people are willing to take his path. Mm. And just how we all will like pay money to watch people. To watch hurt someone that's hurt. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you, you proper, probably remember like watching Muhammad Ali at the Atlanta Olympics. Mm-hmm. And he could barely walk, mm-hmm. barely. And, um, just such an amazing individual in so many ways just with civil rights and everything else. But for us to sponsor that yeah, and pay money towards it. But do you feel like that is across the board with all sports or not all, maybe most sports? Well, I was talking about this with a friend. He's got his son is about 10 and is playing contact football already. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend played college football and he's kind of well aware of the head injury stuff. And he's like, yeah, but he really enjoys it. Mm-hmm. And just the cultural pressure to kind of put ourselves in situations where um, we're going to harm ourselves. And I just feel, um, especially with young kids, like they're involuntarily kind of choosing some of that. 
What's your take on sports? You you enjoy soccer, and mm. I'm I'm guessing you've played enough that you've had some concussions. Uh, I haven't had a concussion. Oh, really? No, I've had a lot of other types of injuries, but mm. not concussions. He played soccer. They get like paper cuts. Ah, uh, go ahead. Tell us about your rugby <laughs> Did you years. See that look I on saw that face. Walk on his face. <laughs> But soccer think, actually has more concussions than most mm, sports, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's a very dangerous sport. Thank you very much. I live on the edge. I'm sorry, some of us grew up playing rugby. We laugh at soccer. Oh my gosh. Okay, to be fair, rugby is brutal. <laughs> so I can't, I can't win that argument. But, but why does that win, right? Like, why does the violence of the sport somehow win? Well, you played a sport that you say is very aggressive, right? Rugby? That's what we were talking about. But no, I'm saying this to say that. But would you, if your kids wanted to play rugby, would you encourage, like, would you? Well, funnily enough, the injury rate with rugby is not very high. Really? But do you see then that we start talking about, like, we will start to differentiate between, like, what's really hard injuries or what's major versus what's minor? Because it, it's all mm-hmm. an injury. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think where my mind goes is we start to ignore science. And so science will tell us clearly playing football Stop. with these pads. Oh, you say it's science? Mm-hmm. Okay. And this like helmet-to-helmet violence is really bad for the human brain. Mm-hmm. And we live in a town recently where the ex-football player mm-hmm. um, harmed that family. Yeah. And they say it was based on um, oh, the, uh, the brain injuries yeah. from his football playing days. And yet we also live in a town that is just football country on teaching kids about football. Mm-hmm. And so that pressure that just ignores science just re- reminds me of so much in our culture. Okay. Where we're like, here's the numbers. Eh, we, we feel good about this. We like this. And yet these same people will say they're not emotional. Mm-hmm. Do you think we as humans have some sort of just uh, interest in watching these types of things? Just historically, they are. That is true. Yeah, gladiator movies. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, the strongest warrior was usually hailed as a legend, a hero. Sir, you have a phone right here beside you. Yeah, yeah, but I could never mind. That's much better. All right. So, it's so close. Um, I still can't read the name. But someone said it's so Ben does not have glasses. Ben is not wearing they his glasses. Programmed us to be observers and rise up and speak. Hmm. Okay. And I need you to wear your glasses of, tomorrow. I mean, next time we have our yes, podcast. mom. And we've also had a lot of comments banned already. <laughs> oh, of course. Lord. We haven't even started to talk about anything controversial yet. The crazy thing is, we've seen some crazy <laughs> on TikTok. So, what do they need to do to get banned? I just want to know. <laughs> like, how do you get your mm-hmm. comments banned? Yeah, I don't know. Must People will figure it out. Sports. You gotta have football. So, no, I really, I mean, I'm I can not res- the rise up and speak part. Okay. I, I can respect the fact that he's like, I can't do this mm-hmm. anymore. Like, I have caused harm to someone, and I'm just not going to do it ever. It just, I but need to walk that away. But the fact that that's controversial. Like the How fact is that, that controversial? What? What, like, the fact that him taking that position is so unique just seems really True. Sad. That's true. There's a great Bob Dylan song about this. Who killed Davey Moore? Why and what's the reason for? And he talks about, is it the promoters? Is it the people paying money to see the fight? Is mm-hmm. it the referee? Is it the other fighter? Mm-hmm. Like, who is it? Who's responsible for this? Old Bob Dylan, one of Jamisa's favorites. <laughs> All right, you ready for another story? Mm-hmm. So there was a certain Congress woman. Oh, Lord, here comes the band. Who went into a public theater the other day. The Beetlejuice. 
It was to watch a Beetlejuice performance, a family Beetlejuice performance, and proceeded to, I don't know how you would even say this, like vape, blow the vape in people's faces. like behavior, teenage-like mm-hmm. behavior. Encourage her date to grope her breasts and, oh my God, thank <laughs> you for God. the new follow. That's all we that's needed to do is mention yeah. breasts and we get new follows, apparently. Respect. Um, I mean, are you familiar with this story? Of course. <laughs> Someone commented, facts, my husband comes to mind. <laughs> what, what, what part? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. That wasn't on the TikTok live. Sorry, that was just on a previous TikTok. I'm sorry. What? Go ahead. Anyway, so moving forward. Um, uh, what do they call a Bobo? Lauren Bobet? Sir. And um, so, Jamisa, when you and I were talking about this, you kind of mentioned a lot of curiosity you have about her different positions and... And just her life in general. Yeah. Go ahead. I was, um, when you were talking about this, I was like, she has, like, the way that she lives her life and then these incredibly conservative views that she has, it's conflicting. Like, you go into a theater, a Beetlejuice show, and you're acting like you are 15. Like, I expect that from a 17-year-old child. Mm-hmm. Um, a, that a teenager is kicked out of a theater, not someone who is a congressman that re- that hold these very um, conservative values about family and blah 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 blah. Yet her behavior completely is in complete to contradiction back. to that. Lord. So she dropped out of high school, right? At a she very did young age. at eighteen. She was pregnant. Um, was pregnant. Um, and I think her son is having a baby. Mm-hmm. Her son is also having a baby, and there's some issues there with the age of consent and things like that. Um, and you saw this with like Sarah Palin too, right? Mm-hmm. And just this kind of conflict Lipstick between what's pig. between what's happening in their lives and yet what their politics are. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of internalized racism. You know, like as a female, they've been subject to these pressures in their life that their value should be such. And even though their lives don't reflect it, they feel like if they espouse these values, they'll be safe. Or like you said, or even like maybe the pain and Mm -hmm. um, embarrassment of Mm -hmm. one, being a a teenage mom, dropping out of high school, having to kind of go back and rebuild that part of her life that she missed Mm -hmm. from being a teenage mom. And you're right. And it's like, well, let me just go to the extreme of like, I don't, because I'm I'm in so much pain that I haven't healed, I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum mm-hmm. and just to be super conservative. And you see that so much, right? With so many of these leaders, you just want them to heal. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop leading. <laughs> stop speaking in public and go about and do your healing. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember someone talking to me about how they wanted Trump to experience all this pain and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, he is. Like, have you seen him on camera? He is a fragile. Uh, He is one miserable dude. Mm -hmm. Like, every moment of his life, I bet, is incredibly painful. Mm -hmm. If you look at the fragility with which he tries to protect his his image, which no one can protect their image. Like, you can't control these types of things. But the things he tries to control that he has zero control over... It's going to lead him to just be absolutely miserable. Which is so interesting, right? About Because her behavior is like someone who, like, I can't imagine, well, how old is she, 36? A 36-year-old, like, blowing, like, vaping in a theater and just acting that way. It's almost like, oh, you was, you acting like you're still 18 years old. That got stuck in Yeah, I got school. stuck in a, in a, as a teenager. Like, she's like, stuck there. What do you think the draw is to other people? Why do you think they get voted into these positions? Like when they see someone like her, 
Do you think it's just the boldness, the brashness? I think so. I think people like that. Um, that they Sarah are. Palin was very similar with mm-hmm, Expecto, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's like they they look a certain way, but yet their behaviors are mm-hmm. are not. It doesn't align. Because if you saw her, you would think she may be soft-spoken or whatever. And she's just very bold, ballsy about things. But both her and Sarah Palin just seem so, like, white male groomed. Mm-hmm. Like, in these white male values, in these, in the same fragility and everything else, and the same, like, hyper-aggressiveness. Um, and all I feel is sadness, I think, when, yeah. I, when I see their lives. And they all have very similar life stories with just pain. And I wanted to, um, when you were, um, we're just talking about the pain that people have and they just haven't healed from it. And there was an interview with Deion Sanders um, prior to uh, last Saturday's football game. And he's, Which they won, by the way. They did win. But he talked about, like, he, you know, at the height of his career, you know, he's like, he literally had everything, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, he, and then um, at when his first wife, um, when they, I guess, separated and then divorced, he's like, he broke down. He said, because he literally had all these things. He said, and he was still that child that was in high school mm-hmm. that wanted his um, mom to be at all of his sporting events. She never attended a game. He's like, you know, his dad and stepdad were both addicts. Um, they never attended a game. And he's like, he had to like pump himself up. Um, and he's like, he really had to go back and do a lot of healing to heal that kid, that teenager that was in high school so that he can be who he is now. And he's like, and like, this is kind of where I am. But he's like, you know, it took a lot. And he's like, and it took years of him recognizing all this stuff. He had all the fame, all the accolades that it really didn't mean anything because he was broken. And it's the same thing with, uh, with her, I'm sure. And other people that are, um, quote unquote, in, you know, celebrities are in the spotlight. But it's interesting because in America, And once again, I'm just talking about America because it's really the only country I know that well. Um, We tend to chase other things, secondary things, to bring us to happiness. Mm -hmm. So, like, happiness is the only thing that you experience because just because of itself. Right. Like, you want money to make you happy. You want fame to make you happy. You want positive relationships to make you happy. Happiness is the only quality that you chase in and of itself for its own experience. Mm Mm-hmm. But yet, once again, when we get data about what makes people happy, it has nothing to do with being a millionaire. It has nothing to do with um, being top in your field. It, so many times it comes back to non-judgmental relationships with other people in yourself. Mm-hmm. But we don't put any investment in that. We don't put any time into how do we build these relationships. Yeah. And it goes back to that healing stuff, right? Like, how do I take a day out so like a mean can make peace with himself? So he's not fighting himself around all these messages he's learned about, you must be productive, you must be this, you must be that. And he can be like, it's okay to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me like 42, 43 years mm-hmm. yeah. um, to understand any of that. What about for you? Um, I think I have honestly, probably in the last maybe three or four years, I can say that I can mm-hmm. sit and I really can like, and actually be happy. And be at peace. I remember when I first started um, my meditation practice, and it's probably been, what, 11 years ago so. And I would sit for like maybe 10 minutes, and I felt like a spring was under my butt because I could not sit. And it was just because I, it was that whole being productive, it's the anxiety, it's all these things that we we don't go back and slow down to heal for ourselves. So me in the afternoon, like going and working in the garden, I'm like, I am on it. Like that 
just allows me to just be peaceful. Um, so I, and I go back to her and these things, you know, and we can go on about like we can have these, you know, whatever views you have about politics or whatever. Um, but I think if we get away from that, hopefully people can see even some empathy with her and other people like they're fragile. And not that I, you condone their behavior, but it's like, you no, know, these people are, you know, a lot of us in the world walking around are just broke, uh, broken in some areas of our lives. She talked about the same thing with like Donald Trump and that like he is just. He's a broken guy. He dude. is a broken guy, yeah. And it doesn't mean you excuse his behavior. It doesn't mean that you have to be like, I agree with him. But I think we can at least be human enough to be able to acknowledge that. And he's chasing happiness in the way that Deion Sanders tried to chase happiness. Mm -hmm. Like, people like me enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I make enough money, if I have enough mm -hmm. power, then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. Rather than recognize, no, it's so much easier than that. All you really need to do is have non-judgmental relationships with yourself and mm -hmm. other people. And now he showed, I think he had a video yesterday where he was locked into his office. There was a mice running around his office and he's afraid of mice. So he had to wait for someone to come and, and come in his office and get the mice because he couldn't get out. And it's just being able to show like that side of yourself, like I'm this big time dude and I'm like, I can't deal with the mice in my office. And uh, friend Isis chimed in, more money, more problems. I think she's just quoting 90s hip hop right now. Um, <laughs> it's so true, at least in my case. Um, and obviously people need a certain amount of money in order to exist, in order to not have the stress of medical bills and all that kind of stuff. That but I think if, but if that's your chase, mm -hmm. I think that's when we start to lose. Because once again, it's secondary, right? You're chasing money to be happy. Mm -hmm. You can just cut be up happy and chase that happiness. Mm -hmm. um, chasing happiness, we'll, we'll talk about that on another episode. But um, I think it's just good to recognize I'm wanting this to be happy. Mm -hmm. Is this scientifically proven? To bring happiness. It's like the people that go on vacation, right? And they're like, we're going to go on vacation. And they have this idea in their mind about how wonderful the vacation mm -hmm. is going to be. And there's all these, uh, you know, uncontrollable external factors that you can't, mm -hmm. you may not be able to control. But then they get there and because they aren't happy, they can't sit and just enjoy it. You and I were talking about this and we went on a hike. Um, we went, well, not a hike, but we went walking um, a few days ago. And you were saying like, if you were on this walk, like there's no way you would be able to stop and enjoy a tree growing out of a river. You know, if it I just means years ago. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You would not have been able to stop mm -hmm. and enjoy this had it been, you know, several mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so if Lauren Boba pulled up into your counseling chair and asked for help, what, what kind of work would you be doing with her? We would be going all the way back. I wouldn't hear about the fact that you blew, uh, you know, smoke, I guess, vaping or whatever you're doing in theater. It's like, let's go back and do this work through whatever what, pain. What, what is the work? Like, what are you hoping to achieve as you do that kind of work? I think you have to go back to, you know, um, there is a book that I'm reading, The Myth the Normal. And I think for her and a lot of people. Mate. Mm hmm Did I pronounce that right? I don't know. I think I always, always mess it up I'm too. I'm pronouncing it wrong. But anyways, he talks about like we... Um, as a society, we like to celebrate people who are type A and who are these perfectionists and like just go hard. And he's like, the moment he said, no, he said, we should not celebrate that. He said, because there is so much wound that these people are covering up that has not been healed. Um, and that's the stuff that I've, I've started working on when I have clients coming to my office and I have someone like, I'm a perfectionist. And I'm like, okay, 
Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, we're not going to celebrate that. And I see it when they come into my office, they come in, they're like, all right, let's have therapy. And I'm like, no, we're not. Like, I'm going to give you. A plus B equals C, I'm fixed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, we're going to slow down. Like, I'm going to give you five minutes to sit. And you can just see the anxiety of them, like, sitting before we start the session because I'm wanting them to settle down. But they're always on it. And it's just because they cannot sit and deal with those wounds. Should we use a mean to point out how people chase happiness and the challenges with it? Wow. That's it. I, I got, are you ready to, to partake in a thought experiment? I'm mm-hmm. ready to be mad defensive. Awesome. I was going to say, of course he's going to come and be indefensive. You already called him out Let and told him, don't do beverage. it, don't do it. Thank you. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Where's your experiment with me? All right. I mean, so you're currently engaged. Is that accurate? Yes. So you're hoping to get married? One day, maybe. He's going to tell you how miserable you're going to be. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. I'm not going to tell him that. Okay. What do the numbers say about marriage? About what part of marriage? Well, let's start with divorce. 50-50. Okay, so about 50% of couples get divorced. Something like that. All right. Which, what percentage of couples who don't get divorced would you say are happy? 10%, 15%. Yeah, okay. it's about 20%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that based on stats? Mm-hmm. Okay. So 20% of couples who are married are happy? So couples who have remained married and have not, obviously have not ended okay. in divorce, like maybe 20% of them are actually happy. So you're saying In 80%. a healthy relationship. Of all people who get married, regret it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why do you think, and I think this is where it's important, why do you think your case will be different? I don't know if I, my case will be different. I hope it will. <laughs> yeah, I don't he know. should bring this up in his marriage house. No, I mean. Do you think this is why I don't get invited to many weddings? Probably. Because you're like, how, how do we know? I'm sorry. I have a question at, the, at a reception. How do you know y'all are going to be okay? I mean, there's no guarantee, right? <laughs> but I think your approach to it or my approach to it or Jamisa's approach to it demonstrates how humans create thinking errors. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we talk about the lotto, right? Mm-hmm. And people say, you know, when people win the lottery, they have a spike in happiness that goes either back down to normal or even lower mm-hmm. than where they were previously at their baseline. Yet, everyone, when they hear that, says, not me. And, I was about and, to say that. Yeah. You said you were going to say that, too? I could figure out really awesome ways to spend that mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. So everyone thinks they're going to be happier. But when you look at what that does to relationships in terms of creating disparities in the relationships you currently have, disrupting your life patterns that support these relationships, you start to see why. But everyone says, not me. And that's why people play the lottery. But if you look at the science behind it, A, the chances of you winning is incredibly low. And if you do win, it might be worse than if you don't win. And we don't, we don't deal with that reality. Mm-hmm. And I think getting married is very similar. Everyone's like, not me. We're mm-hmm. going to be happy. So in getting married, what are you hoping to have happen in your life? I don't think it will be very different. I think it will be what it is now. <laughs> and I think uh, I'll just have a... Because, I mean, the whole institution of marriage is kind of just an interesting construct. Mm-hmm. So the way I see ourselves now is that we're 100% committed. Mm-hmm. And so the marriage is kind of for our families to be like, oh, yeah, you did the thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, cool. We did the thing. That's cool. And I think. Just like this whole, it's ceremonial versus mm-hmm. like it really means anything deeper. Yeah. And so I guess for a relationship in general, just having kind of somebody there. So I don't deal with the crippling loneliness that is myself because I'm also an unhealed person probably. <laughs> if Amin goes into a spiral after this episode. That's <laughs> yeah, probably what it is. <laughs> All right. Those of you listening at home, please check on Amin if you're, mm-hmm. if you're close to him. But apparently, that isn't many people. 
That's okay. We'll check on him. We'll check on him. There we go. Mm-hmm. Are you happy in your marriage, in your decision to get married? I think I'm happy in my life. Oh, dear. You're part Not of Not the marriage part? No, I, and I say that to say, if I, I think... A lot of times we get this, we have this thing of like, I'm not happy with me and then I'm going to get married and I think it's going to fix it and it doesn't. And if if it does any, if when people go into situations like that, then I think it's like me relying on you for my happiness and that's not going to work out. Mm -mm. So am I happy with myself? I've never made anyone happy. So am I happy with myself? Yes. Am I happy? Then can I be satisfied in kind of the ups and downs of a marriage? Yes. Okay. Because you're a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that's tough for uh, me to believe hearing that. That, that you're a lot? I do have my moments. For Women, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next topic. If you're ready to move on to the next topic. Yeah, go ahead. All right. I don't know what you have next. On a recent vacation in Tokyo, Japan. It's a border in Germany, for those of you who don't know. Uh, <laughs> In Tokyo, Takumi Yamamoto opted for a special lunch of cricket curry and silkworm sashimi hmm. washed down with a water bug cider. Ooh, a water bug like a roach? So imagine podcast ends today, we go to lunch, and that was offered at the table. Cricket curry, silkworm sashimi... And water bug cider. How would the two of you respond? It's a no for me, dog. I'm like, can I just eat some rice? Yeah, you're doing too much. And some bread. Okay. Do you want to know what's behind this growth in bug food? Is it shortage of all the other things that we are used to eating? The impact of the livestock industry on climate change, coupled with global food security issues due to extreme weather and conflicts, have increased the interest in high-quality economical nutritions that bugs provide. I think yeah. we're going to end up being vegan in some years. You think so? Uh, yeah. Or at least veggie. Well, yeah, vegan. But once again, right, we ignore the science and we just go straight to like, ugh, that sounds gross mm-hmm. because it's foreign to our experience. Um, have either of you read that book? It's called something like Why We Pet Dogs um, eat chickens and wear cows or something like that. Nah. And it's about how we've put animals in these categories of we eat that, love this, but nervous system wise, these animals are all kind of similar. <laughs> like pigs have incre- incredible intelligence and yet we've chosen to consume them, but yet not dogs. Um, at least within this culture. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend of ours about, um, there was a, a documentary about food I watched on, uh, can we talk about a streaming device? Like a streaming like network or whatever? I don't know. We're pretty big deal. Okay. These days. Uh, on Netflix. And I was telling her how we, um, they show like they, when they slaughter pigs, the pigs don't know what's happening because of it will, um, because of their nervous system and how close they are to humans that they just kind of just shock them really quick because anything other than that, they get so nervous and she was just like blown away by that. And other way, because I mean, I think obviously there are other ways that they um, will kill other livestock, Mm -hmm. but they do it very differently with pigs. And that's crazy that we eat it, right? We like that we consume pork. Means looking at us judgmentally, right? Oh, that is right. Yeah. Oh, because I don't eat pig. Yeah. 
But, like, why do we not eat dogs? I, I bet me even saying that is causing some people. Oh, you're probably getting all kind of like. Oh, block message. Dipsy. <laughs> there you go. Um, it, it's sending people into convulsions because they couldn't imagine, like, you know, serving. No, not my babies. Serving Lassie up with a nice uh, old gratin or something, you know? Mm hmm. And it's interesting that we are just such emotional beings. Like, everything we do is so emotionally set. And if anyone tries to challenge any of that and uses science to challenge it, we immediately like, nope, I'm happy with my emotional habits. Thank mm -hmm. you. So you you would both pass on this, even knowing it's good for the environment and. Yeah, I just I don't yeah, and I know my answer is an emotional one. I'm sure they're full of nutrition and yeah, the whole water bug you know cider is a lot, but yeah, I'm sure there's nutritional value to it. I just cannot wrap my head around it. Like I can't do it. I mean, I'd be down to try it if it's gross. Then yeah, no. It's not, if it's gross, how? Like not taste good. Like gooey. I don't really. It could be gooey and delicious. If it's delicious, I don't know. But mm -hmm. yeah, if it doesn't taste good, then I would revert back. But, like I think about the palmetto bugs that we have around here, and like uh, then like squeezing that mm -hmm. into like a cider. Oh no, thank you. <laughs> And so viscerally, your um, nervous system is kicking in. Oh, yeah. That's and saying that would be bad no. for me. You think I've had any to squish some of these things in my office before. Hell no. You think any of that's evolutionary? Though? Yeah. I think it all is. Yeah. I think that like um, your nervous system is constantly trying to warn you, right? Mm -hmm. So Jamisa hears about these bugs, and the nervous system is like, no, Jamisa, like, that's going to kill you. Yeah. yeah. Mm -mm. There's a lot of bugs we don't know much mm -hmm. about and all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And we're not used to eating it, so we have no experience with it which makes the brain more comfortable and the mm -hmm. kind of brain gets lulled into this is fine so that's why people can use like heroin every day and not be alarmed by it but yet if you've never used heroin you'll be like what the mm -hmm. hell because mm -hmm. yeah. the brain just get lulled into no it's what we do it's no problem despite how it's killing the body but you see this on like um a show that we watch alone and like people at that, you know, they're out in the woods for like months. Come into this world. And they will alone. eat. They'll eat squirrel. They'll eat whatever. Hey, why don't they play that song? I don't know. As the soundtrack. They should. Money. You sh Usually. You think Trampled by Turtles would charge a lot for that song? No. Probably, probably. so. Yeah. Um, but I, I could sing it for them. You think Trampled by oh Turtles is going to charge me after that beautiful rendition? I think you got 30 seconds of free use or something. So. Yeah. I got done having some rambling conversation about music. Yes. That's it. Good Lord. Anyways, like, um, so I have Coming enjoyed, to... I'm going to punch you, <laughs> um, venison or deer meat. And have you ever had deer before? I have. Yes. Very you? tough. If it's I... tough? Mm hmm Oh, I've had it. It's been amazing. That's why I had really bad venison. <laughs> Did you have venison jerky maybe? And no, it was. Well, it was. I've had venison jerky as well, but like have eaten tough. it like as like a roast or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's amazing! But there are roast. people that I know who've never had venison, and they just they're like, there is literally nowhere I'm going to eat a deer. But it's the same thing that we talk about, like with the bugs, right? Yeah. Or like people eat rabbit, and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. Um, and you know, you have people who find it to be really good. Mm -hmm. Yep, I love me some Bambi on a Sunday. Oh, it's good. Mm -hmm. All right. So, what have the two of you learned from this episode today? I think that um, at Three Trees, we need to incorporate mindfulness in our day. Like it's part of our work. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think maybe we I, need to I have like. mindfulness in the group because. No, we need to have 20 minutes that we can like be in our office with the lights off and do absolutely nothing. I'm trying to help Amin out here to like well, help with his nervous that's system. That's one of the things I learned is that, my, <laughs> is that Amin's spiraling in 
to a, a nihilist depression where nothing in life makes sense anymore. No, I've been reading a lot about there's this concept of absurdism mm -hmm. where it's like nothing matters, but that's the beauty of everything. It's like mm. it, it can be what you want it to be. Like you can be so sold on life. That sounds like life. existentialism. Yeah, that's what's going to... Well, absurd, it, it might be similar. I don't know. I'm mm. not too well versed on all these different things. But he was just pretty much saying it's absurd to have any strong belief in anything in this life because we could easily completely be wrong and then just die. And we were wrong our whole life. But mm. if it helped us live our life and get through our obstacles or whatever, then cool. And it doesn't harm other people around you, then cool. Yeah, so this absurd belief that you had that got you through everything, you know, that that's that's what you needed to thrive. So... So you're feeling joyful about your nihilism. <laughs> I would have called it nihilism, but yeah. Well, let's speak a little more. What would you call nihilism? Just, I, I feel like it's very pessimistic. Oh, like you feel like it has negative overtones? Uh -huh. ah. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I try to avoid that pessimism. Like I, I recently re read Myth of Sisyphus. And I love that it, this guy's just rolling up this boulder to spite Zeus. He knows he can never get to the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. But he's going to keep trying and just to make Zeus keep watching him and make sure he's doing the work. And it's like he's measuring himself by how high he got mm -hmm. last time. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I think life is. I don't think we'll ever reach a goal where it's like, I have completed life. Who are you trying to spite to mean? Everything and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I feel like drives people like Deion Sanders, right? Mm -hmm. Like this desire mm -hmm. to show people mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. more than you thought I was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel that ends entity? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Like you have to make peace with that at some point. And like, I think maybe that's what he was saying or alluding mm -hmm. to is like at some point he had to make peace with that. Like he did all these things to prove, but it meant it means. Mm -hmm. But I think at some point you have to come to terms with, and I think this is what I am doing now, and I think I'm actively doing it, just coming to terms with who I am, mm -hmm. the good, the bad, all of it. Um, and I think if you can do that, like this is just me, like and like all the you know skills I may have and lack thereof, and then like nunchuck skills proceed <laughs> forward. Because if you don't recognize that, you are always pushing forward. Like, and then you're right. And it's like the next thing you do is nothingness, right? Mm -hmm. So you go on vacation. You're like, okay, we're on vacation. And now there's nothing. Versus being able to sit and just enjoy all of it, all the craziness. All right. Well, thank you to those who are listening real quick. Um, you can watch these podcasts live on YouTube now. Not live on YouTube. Um, we upload them to YouTube later on in the day. If you follow us on Instagram, we have like one minute videos that we post each day about some topic of being neurospicy and social justice and parenting and that kind of stuff. On TikTok, we put little challenges to point out cognitive dissonances you may have. So feel free to follow us there. Um, am I missing anything? I mean, I think that's everything. We got merch now. Go oh, to the we website, do. follow us, uh, whatever link you're in, go to the website and uh, pick up some Three Trees merch. You too can look this good. <laughs> Most of you. You'll get very heartwarming notes from us. So True. It's a pretty big deal. I don't think they will for the merch. That's okay. That, that's drop shit. We can, we can promise a lot of things that we don't do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs> Bye.